So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. And welcome everybody to Paul Listening Behind the Curtain. Uh, that was rehearsal video you were just watching of a show that is just about to open starting on May 6th. And uh, so we don't have B-roll for you yet, but we wanted you to see a little bit of the magic that is this show called Ernest Shackleton Loves Me. Now, if you don't know this show, it's because COVID got to got away in this in, in the Broadway world and stuff, but it's coming here. We're going to get that story out to you and you will understand. Joining me are the two stars of this show. Uh, and I love it. Uh, this is so great to have us. Elisa Carlson, who plays Cat. And Andrew Mueller, uh, who plays Shackleton and a bunch of other people as well. Um, thank you both for joining me. Andrew, I just want to say it's just unfortunate you come from a family that has no talent. Yes, it's terrible. It's terrible. And I'm certainly the bottom of the barrel. So here we are. <laughs> now, for people watching going, wait, I'm not getting that joke because your sister is Jesse Bueller, as in beautiful. Your sister uh, also uh, following up with her uh, in beautiful. And, and your brother, man, I mean, the whole family has music. I would like to be an honorary Mueller. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I'm in control of that, but I will. I'll put your name on a list. Certainly. All right. <laughs> That works. For, also, uh, for, you, for actors who work with all of us, we give them a commemorative tote bag. Oh, they, I love it. We I'm don't actually, Brady, but we, we I, keep joking I, about right. it. Well, I'm an honorary Brady Bunch, so I, you know, I'm trying to make that happen here, too. And also joining us, and what a thrill, because this is the man who made Ernest Shackleton appear and happen, uh, Joe DiPietro. And Joe, for, if I start going through your credentials, we'll never get to the interview. Um, but I'll mention a couple of them, because uh, Diana on Broadway, and of course, we had COVID interfere with that. COVID really messed everybody up. Uh, <laughs> interfered with that. But I mean, you one of my favorite shows, you did the book and lyrics, Memphis. Um, I have a Broadway hallway outside of where I'm sitting right now, and I have one of the broken records from Memphis. So oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you did, a, you did um, nice work if you can get it, where Matthew Broderick gave me his bow tie that he signed. Nice. So y'all need and, to come over and see some stuff. Yeah, and can I mention that Andrew's sister, Jessie, replaced the wonderful Kelly O'Hara in uh, Nice Work If You Can Get It. Oh, that's About yeah. a year into the run. Yeah, she was fabulous. Yeah. that Yeah. that Like I said, no talent in the Mueller family. <laughs> and uh, so Abby and Jesse and Matt and, and and just everybody, I think it's just amazing. And and by the way, for you, I also want to be sure I didn't forget all shook up. Um, it, I love you. You're perfect. Now change one of the masterpieces. So anyway, thank you all for being with me. Let's talk about Ernest Shackleton loves me, which is uh, going to be playing and is playing depending on when people watch this at Porchlight Music Theater. You couldn't have picked a better theater to have this up at from May 6th to June 1st. So exciting. Joe, I'll start with you. Ernest Shackleton was a guy. Yeah, <laughs> Ernest Shackleton was an amazing guy. And uh, was an explorer, a British explorer of Irish descent. And he uh, completed what is known as the greatest rescue in nautical history, where it's part of the show. And uh, he's, he, but essentially he, um, against all odds and using, you know, uh, optimism and just this spirit of I can do accomplish anything I want, including saving these men in this impossible Arctic situation. Uh, you know, he had this amazing, amazing mission. And uh, someone had introduced me to uh, the composers of the show, Brendan Milburn and Val Vigoda. Uh, and Val also happens to be an amazing electric violinist and performer. 
and um, we wanted to write a show for her, and uh, but we didn't want to write a typical, I don't know, uh, you know, woman, uh, uh, woman trying to get it with her life, like a very modern sort of thing. We thought we wanted something really bold and original. And Val had suggested, what about the Ernest Shackleton story? And I said, oh, that's an interesting idea. So we came up with this uh, idea where um, uh, this contemporary woman named Kat uh, is having a, a, a tough time of her life. and But she's also a wonderful musician and composer. And Ernest Shackleton hears her music and is inspired to take her on the journey of the endurance, to teach her something about fortitude and life and optimism um and that's uh Ernest Shackleton loves me and uh, Alisa I kind of waited on my intro for you because I, I'm so glad Joe just said we did it takes me into what I want to talk to you about but people in this community know you from once you've been uh, writers theater paramount uh buddy Holly story I mean you, you're just so but what was fascinating to me aside from those performing things I think you play pretty much every instrument in existence <laughs> and and for this show it's kind of good that you do <laughs> it's uh it's very helpful. So yeah, I'm a, I'm actually a circuit musician. So I play piano, violin, bass, drums, a little bit of guitar. Um and the fact that this role is able to combine piano and violin and drums um as well as uh, you know the actual singing and acting element is just it's right up my alley. It's so much fun. It's a lot of work and I'm loving every second of it. <laughs> Uh, the New York version, because I have not seen this yet, we haven't opened yet, but the New York version yeah. uses looping and that kind of stuff. Do we have that here? Is that Was that a skill you had? Did you have to learn looping? So I am a, I'm familiar with looping. I've done a very, very little bit of it. Um, a lot of my colleagues took their shows online during uh, the pandemic um, and introduced wow. looping into their shows. So I did a little bit of it. So I'm, I understand it's how it works. I jumped right back into live performing Um back in like summer 2021 so i didn't fully embrace it and, and introduce it to my show but i do know how it works and yes there is actual live looping in the show okay yeah well i can't wait for that and andrew um you and your background as well i didn't mention specific show for you because i went right to your family but um <laughs> you've been at paramount theater and uh, where you were mark and rent and you you've done man of la mancha g at marriott uh, lincolnshire um and also you started a little theater here known as the lyric opera hardly any seats in that in that yeah. place um, so it's just amazing, but I have to ask you, you've got that earnest. I did watch the Broadway HD version of this because I wanted to watch it before I talked to you all. Um, do, is that beard something you ordinarily have or did Joe make you grow that? Uh, I mean, I, I've been trying to catch up with, with a beard thing. Um, I, <laughs> I had, I did not watch the entirety of the Broadway HD thing. Um, but I'd seen pictures and things. Uh, I didn't, I didn't want to subconsciously copy anyone necessarily, um, but yes, one thing I did take away is that I better grow my beard out for this. <laughs> well, and, and let me ask you, tell people, for people who are watching this, I'm going to make an assumption that until they see it here at Porchlight, they probably haven't seen uh, Ernest Shackleton Loves Me. So let me come to you. And we already heard he's the Antarctic explorer and, and kind of a, I don't know, kind of a strange, weird kind of thing. But how does he show up? Because he's living back in the, what I had his, his birthday too. He's, he died in 1922 and, and Kat, I mean, this is modern day stuff going on. What happens here? He did, yes. Uh, y yes, they were trapped right at the beginning of World War One, just to give people an idea of when it was happening. Um, but yeah, I would chalk it up to theater magic. Um, it is, it, it's sort of brought up in the play. Cat doesn't entirely know how it's happening. Um, it's all, all very uh, sort of magical. Um, 
but uh, but yes, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> but correct, these people are separated by about a little over a hundred years. Let's just say it's important that people will realize they're going to have to look at their refrigerators differently going forward. They certainly will. No spoilers. All right, no spoilers. They got to go see the show if you want to understand what that means. Joe, in ter- in terms of doing this. Um, it, it, it's such an, an, a, a, a strange, amazing story to tap into. Uh, and there is the story, but what gave you this thought, this impotence to, to blend the times, you know, uh, kind of. Yeah. You know, I think Ernest Shackleton, uh, as a, who he was and what he accomplished, uh, on the mission of the endurance and the rescue mission, he's just, uh, an inspirational, um, figure for all time. I mean, he really could go in any time. And uh, even having written this, even now when I'm outside and thinking, oh, it's it's chilly. I can't wait till I get to the subway, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, my God, these people, you know, were trapped in the Antarctic for months and months with, you know, old fashioned clothing and and, and still managed to survive. But what I also always loved about um, Ernest Shackleton is one of his dictums in life was optimism, optimism as a philosophy of life. And that is something I found exp- uh, thrilling and humorous and inspiring. And I thought, boy, if we could all have some of uh, Ernest Shackleton's optimism, especially in the age we live in, the world would just be a better place. Uh, did you ever tell, you know, it's funny. I I, I will be honest and I am a, hist- a student of history, but I did not, I hadn't heard of this guy. So yeah. this was new to me. Um, but then you made me go look him up and, and kind of find things. And so I'm curious, he actually has a couple of grandkids still around. Alexandra, everybody's named Shackleton. Alexandra, Richard, Ernest. Did, did you touch base with any like Shackletons? Uh, no, we, t- no, we didn't, but I know, uh, originally we touched base with some people who were similar type of modern day explorers. You know, people who really go into these uh, untapped terrains, which were, you know, many more then. Um, uh, and, and, you know, just to make sure we have the authenticity of it all and stuff. But, uh, yeah, no, and Ernest Shackleton is much more famous in Ireland and Britain than he is here. Yeah. But when you read about him, you're like, oh, my God, this man was spectacular and an inspiration and, and and whose story really deserves to be told. And we wanted to tell not just his story in a historical way, but in a modern vernacular way, hence the story of Kat and her uh, looping and her uh, amazing musicianship. And, and by the way, I know Porchlight will watch this or is watching this. So I have a feeling I just triggered um, <laughs> in Michael Weber's mind. Hmm. Let me go find these grandkids who are, by the way, in their eighties now. Okay. Uh, yeah. And let's bring them out to a performance. Let them, <laughs> let's let them see this. Um, Elisa, for you, tell me a little bit more about your character, because it's not as though she's into old explorers or anything like that. That's not what generates this. Um, yeah. Kat, she is, I don't know. Uh, so she's a composer and she does what like she self-proclaims. I, I do these weird installations. So it's kind of cats inspired by uh, whatever, you know, whatever she, she sees in her life and it, and turns it into this sort of performance art that she loves and not necessarily the entire public loves. So she's looking for that next, that next inspiration. She's kind of stuck in her life. She's a single mom and um, is trying to find, to find her next thing. Um, and, and what is her reaction? Again, I don't want to do any spoilers. I generally, when I'm touching on the era of a spoiler, I throw it out to you as a question. Then you decide. I had the cast of Darabin Hanson once. They didn't want people to know Connor died at the beginning. I'm like, what? But anyway, but, but I'm not, I'm not here to, to, to spoil things. Well, I'll just spoil Devin Hanson if you missed it. Um, but Andrew, what is, when you show up in this kind of thing, you play, you know what? Let me, let me ask you this way. You play several characters, right? So you, Andrew, have a 
variety of perspectives. How do you keep them all in balance from when you're kind of a today versus uh, in the past kind of person? Um, well, <clears throat> thankfully, I would say that the world of the show is uh, is pretty heightened. So it's uh, it, it's simple to it's simple to inhabit a sort of uh, I'm not going to say ridiculous, but asymptotically approaching ridiculous version of someone's idea of a but you did say asymptotically so that's a good word <laughs> i did um you know approaching but never quite reaching um just the sort of uh this very heightened ideal of what a what a heroic explorer would be like and it's all very i'm not going exactly for a uh, for strict verisimilitude we'll say i hear an accent coming perhaps <laughs> <laughs> i love it joe um can you talk about the process of, you know, when I, I just, Memphis is one of my all-time favorite shows. And we're not going to talk about Memphis, but I just want you to know that. And um, I absolutely love it. And um, so when when you put a show like this together, as you said, you had an idea and somebody's saying, hey, how about this Ernest Shackleton story? You got to have the book. You got to have the music. Can you talk a little bit about how that comes together? And, and of course, it's your creation that we're going to have this character, Cat, who's going to do all these things she do. I mean, this could have been a very different vehicle, right? This could have been a vehicle where characters just break out in song and, uh, yeah. you know, and Cat doesn't, isn't who she is in this show. How, yeah. how did that gel? Um, well, you know, I've always been fascinating in Val Vigoda, our original Cat and the lyricist of the show. Uh, uh, like Alyssa is big, um, uh, uh, has many musical talents, plays all sorts of instruments. She learned the, she had never played the banjo before and she learned it just for this show. Like, I'm like, well, we all could have done it. Would, it would take me years to learn them, learn <laughs> one instrument, much less all of these. So she had this amazing thing, but the looping, which you had spoken about is so fascinating to me as, you know, how musicians can do looping and come see the show and you'll see what that is. So I thought it was an interesting idea to have this musical where all of the music comes from one person, yet it still feels like a full orchestra. So the looping enables us to do that. And I think Kat and her imagination, is it a fever dream, whatever it is, conjures up not only the, the, the music, but this, um, uh, explorer from the last century. So it, so that's the way it sort of came out. It really came upon from the music. And what also was a big key into this is, Ernest Shackleton, when he went on the journey into the endurance, they went into the, they were exploring the Antarctic and got stuck. Um, he, one thing which he did was he took along a banjo and a phonograph, you know, an old school phonograph because he thought music was important for everyone's morale on the boat. So at night they would listen to these old phonograph records and they would play this. Uh, one of the, the crew members was there because he could play the banjo. So they would play and sing and dance. So I just thought how. He embodied music and the importance of music, I thought was a great key into writing this musical. Today, he would just hit Spotify, right, Andrew? I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Would, would he had, although I don't know how the Wi Fi coverage or even yeah. the uh, 5G is yeah. down in Antarctica. Yeah. Well, with 5G and Verizon, I think he's dead in the water. Uh, <laughs> so, at least I'm curious because you, you know, again, you have these performance motions. It, do you view this role? Are we seeing, this is a dumb question, are we seeing Elisa the musician? Elisa, the actress? I know the answer is both, but I don't want that as an answer. Who is Kat to you? Because uh, more so than so many other you know, people who say, oh, I'm a performer. I happen to play the piano. It is your world to play these instruments. I am actually thrilled that I finally get to bring all the parts of myself to the yeah, stage. Yeah, what role lets you do this? Like, I am was blown away when I discovered this show. It was like how... 
Um, you know, because I'm I'm a huge fan of Alvagoda, like all the way back to Striking Twelve Days. Like I love her, I love her work, and I can't believe that I did not know about this the moment that it you know that it came out. I was like, what a dream to bring all the parts of myself as a as a performer, as a musician, as an actor, as a singer, um, as a multi instrumentalist, and put it all on stage together. Yeah. Andrew, I'm sort of curious as a family question. It is unusual. I mean, there are families where, you know, siblings end up in the same profession, that kind of thing. But this is just so unusual because you also all have amazing talent. That's got to be part of this. Like, what did your mom butter the toast with when you were growing up? Was there something? I believe it was butter. There was a little, there was, there was a little bit of a phase where we tried Brumlin Brown, but, uh, uh, I, I honestly, I, I don't know how to explain it. I, I'm certainly not going to talk myself up in all this. I will absolutely agree with you that my family members are extraordinarily talented. Um, but yeah, when you, when you grow up uh, with as we, my parents are both actors. And when you grow up with as weird a uh, schedule and, and as weird a sort of just environment as acting creates, it's the only thing that you you know and recognize, and I, I wouldn't know how to have a real job. <laughs> like mine. Uh, this isn't real either, because uh, <laughs> it's too much fun. Joe, do you prefer writing shows? I mean, you, you went and grabbed this historical figure mm -hmm. here. Memphis, you know, kind of play, certainly it's a real time and all that. You have to write for a, a certain genre, a certain music. But what do you like writing to historical figures? Is that a challenge, or would you rather just live in the world of fiction? Uh, you know, I, I, when I'm doing one, I want to do the other. When I'm doing the other, I want to, you know, so I sort of go back and forth. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's something about music and musicals that most of, many of the really great musicals take place in the past. I think it gives you a musical landscape to write about. That's not necessarily current music, which changes, you know, every few months. And it's interesting also because, you know, musicals take a long time by the time they write them and rewrite them and they get the first production and the second production. So if you're writing just very contemporary, the stuff tends to get dated very quickly. But if you're writing more in the past, and, you know, certainly this is a contemporary score, but um, uh, Brendan and Val also put in a sea chanty. There, there's all sorts of other, yeah. um, uh, you know, types of music, which makes it a very rich tapestry and grounds it both in last century and this century. But, you know, look, his history and music and music taking you to a specific time and place is very evocative and powerful. So uh, there is uh, something about writing, you know, in the past that, of course, the, you can only write in the past if you actually illuminate the present with it. So that's uh, you know what I try to do. Uh, great point. And, and so one Diana question, because there you have the, the challenge, too, of audience members, at least less theatrically sophisticated members, you know, judging the whole thing on, does she look like Diana? I don't know. Oh, yeah. the hair so, but, I mean, how bothersome is that when people are looking or, or, or do you not care about that? I mean, is that, is that just not an issue for you? Uh, no, it's annoying. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, what they wig. At least it looks just like Cat. That's the good. Yeah, one. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, Andrew is a rigger for uh, with the beard. For you kind of uh, Andrew, you kind of are to yeah. be honest. Let the beard grow a little bit more, but you kind of are. But you know, with Ernest Shackleton too, you can you know the, the fun thing as I'm sure uh, uh, Andrew and Lisa will tell you, you can make the you can make these folks up. I mean, no one no one says ah, the Ernest Shackleton was you know this or this or this. So um, you know, there is definitely something freeing and creative and artistic 
about working with folks who aren't as well known. But, you know, I think I always say with any show you're seeing, even if it's based on someone as um, specific as Diana, I'm like, you know, this is not a documentary. <laughs> it's an artistic exploration of these folks. And there are wonderful books and documentaries about these people that you can go really research. But this is the creative team and the production's point of view of this person. And we hope we illuminate them in a new way. Well, I, I, I don't doubt that you will. Elisa, Joe, don't listen to the answer to this question. I'm going to ask the other two. You know, when I talk to somebody who works directly with Sondheim or Stephen Schwartz or something, they sort of go, I can't open my mouth. Nothing happens, uh, you know. And Joe DiPietro is in front of you with his body of work, which is amazing. Did you freak out at all, Elisa? It's like the guy is watching this or, or, or is he just obviously he's so nice now and all that. I, I get that. But is it a freak out thing? I'm going to ask you the same question, Andrew. I actually thought, oh my gosh, what an amazing opportunity to go. Thank you for writing such a fantastically cool piece. Like, what a dream. Thank oh, this you. is good. And Andrew? <laughs> uh, yeah, at first I was like, oh, we're doing an interview with the playwright. Okay. Um, but then I, uh, <laughs> I, I was excited about it. I, I think the play is absolutely hilarious. And then also I was talking with my sister uh, and she said, oh, Which Joe, one? he's so nice. Jesse, who, okay. <laughs> who, uh, who did nice work. She was like, right. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was so lovely. I'm like, okay, well, then that takes all the pressure. Oh, off. so you were checking him out. No, it just came up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Joe, I meant the deepest of compliments in that because, I mean, again, your body of work is amazing. And I just, I don't know if I had auditioned for one of your pieces and, and I'm not auditioning for this one. But uh, <laughs> so don't worry, Andrew. I'm to not be honest with you, I'm always thrilled that, uh, you know, when talented actors want to do the show and they always bring something unique to it. So I'm always just, I'm, I'm, I'm a very grateful uh, uh, writer at the moment. Well, if you end up doing Fiddler in the Basement, that I will try out for because that's kind of my <laughs> definitely a Tevya type. Um, I want to encourage everybody. You got to go see Ernest Shackleton Loves Me. It's unique. It's it, I mean, is this one of the first places that's actually opening post pandemic? Uh, yeah, there's only been there's only been a couple other productions and this might be the first or the second. Yeah. So I, I know Porchlight is incredibly excited about this. They yeah. made me excited about this because ordinarily, I'll be honest, I wouldn't want to do this interview until I've seen the show. Um, but but on this one, they went, no, no, Paul, just you got to trust this. And and uh, and I did. And, and of course, look who I'm talking to. I mean, uh, you know, three amazing people. Um, it's it, it. I just can't wait for this. Uh, Elisa Carlson, who plays Kat, Andrew Mueller, uh, Shackleton and many other people. Uh, and. This the amazing Joe DiPietro. I just you're you're going to go on my list of like, and this guy agreed to talk to me. Um, although so does Stephen Schwartz, so I got to put that out there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but Ernest Shackleton loves me. He's playing at Porchlight Music Theater. You can get tickets at porchlightmusictheater.org, May sixth through June first. I don't know whether extensions are possible. I can't count on that right now. Um, but if but if the show is anything like the people in front of me right now, I think it will be extended if the time allows it. Thank you all for your time. Break legs. You'll see me. I'll be there opening night so if all three of you are there i'll be the one sitting in the front row screaming up at you and uh, <laughs> i could end up on stage so just i'm sorry no, no. i might end thank up in the refrigerator you. i don't know what's going on. <laughs> thank you guys appreciate your time thank you thank you well if you want to know more about what we've talked about here follow me on twitter facebook instagram at paul lisnick that's p-a-u-l-l-i-s-n-e-k and I'd love to hear your comments or topic suggestions for future podcasts. You can also go to my website, paullisnick.tv. And hey, don't forget to hit subscribe on WGN Plus and iTunes. And tune in each week to hear more Insider Scoop coming to you from behind the curtain. <laughs>